0: Hi, welcome to New Hope Community Church Online. The sermon you are about to hear was originally given by Pastor Chuck Wilson. New Hope Community Church, to know, to live, and to share Jesus Christ. The title for today is The Call to Craziness, Joshua. And speaking of crazy, I'm going to give an overview of the entire book today. The entire book. Uh, you may have missed the last several years, but don't worry, because you're going to get it all today. You're going to get it all today. Uh, this is Joshua on steroids, all right? I'm going to have to talk a little faster than I usually do, but I was a youth pastor for 10 years, so I'm, I'm good at this. I can talk really, really quick, really fast, uh, quickly. Uh, in fact, we had this Books of the Bible contest, and I would always throw out the challenge because I want all my teens to know the books of the Bible in order and the themes and all that, but I would say whoever can do the books of the Bible faster than I can will get a big money prize. And and the kids would just, we'd have the watches out and the timers, and every once in a while somebody would beat me, but not too much. I was tough to beat. Uh, So I'm going to just give you an example of how I can do this, and if anybody else can beat me on this, you get a big money prize. But even if you can't beat me, if you can even just do the books of the Bible, I'll be thrilled. You'll get a Small money prize, but you'll still get a prize, all right? Uh, So here I go. Uh, I'm under pressure now. Uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1st Samuel, 1st 2nd Kings, 1st 2nd Chronicles, Ezra, and Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Becca, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, X, Romans, 1st 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st 2nd Thessalonians, 1st 2nd Timothy, 1st Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, James, 1st 2nd Peter, 1st 3rd John, Jude, Revelation. I was a lot faster when I was younger, but that's about the best I can do now. So anyway, books to the Bible. Uh, so buckle your seatbelts because we're going to go through the, the book of Joshua here. Uh, and let's start with prayer. Father, we thank you for the worship. We thank you for bringing each one of us here. We know there's a purpose. We know there's, there's a reason that we're here today that you, by your grace, have brought us to this place. I pray that if anybody needs encouragement, that you would encourage them. If anybody needs empowerment for sanctification, that you would empower us. If anybody needs to be saved, that they would hear the gospel and put their faith in Jesus Christ, your son. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we find a crazy story in Joshua. And if you've been here the last few years, you know what I'm talking about. But Israel is ready to take the promised land. And this is a picture, right? They're taking a physical land, but this is a picture of our spiritual battles. This is all a physical picture of spiritual. It's a type. It's a picture of the spiritual battles that we have to fight. But we're going to see that... God does not ask them to fight it in a conventional way. Very non-conventional. In fact, you won't see any of these things taught at West Point. I mean, you military guys, never, you never learned this in the military. And the people must have wondered, is God serious? As they go through the, you know, this, this story here in Joshua. And once again, it's the same for us. A lot of times, do you ever do that? God, you, are you serious? The spiritual battles that he's called us to fight or the ways that he's called us to fight. fight, And we, the, the same lessons are for us, and a lot of times we are scratching our head. Now, let's look at God's battle plan, and you'll see what I mean. I have crazy commands, and I came up with C for every, a different C for every one of them. And the crazy command, the first one is in Joshua 1, 1 to 2. In Joshua 1, 1 to 2, it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, little trivia there. I used to always use that as a question. Who, who didn't have a father in the Bible? Joshua, son of none. Okay, there we go. Okay. Uh, I was a youth pastor. We, had, came, we played them all. Uh, uh, where is smoking mentioned in the Bible? Yes, yes, right. Uh, say it louder. Yeah, was it was Abraham. Who was it? Who let off their camel? Abraham, Isaac, Isaac lit off his camel. Oh yeah, that was all right. All right. Uh, who's the shortest man in the Bible? Nehemiah, of course. Yeah. Or there's another one even smaller, the shoe height. Yeah. Who, it was Benjamin the shoe height. Yeah. Okay. Right. All right. Anyway, we'll move on. Oh yes, here we go. It's all coming back to me. I did the books of the Bible. It's all coming back. All right. Uh, verse two. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them to the Israelites. The first C is coup coup d'etat. Really, we're talking about coup d'etat here, but it's God's coup. He, God replaces Moses with Joshua. Just before the to right take the promised land, he, he replaces Moses with Joshua. And Joshua must have been thinking, are you kidding me? A new leader? W- w- Moses was very popular. He was a president for 40 years, right? And he didn't walk on water, but he did walk through water. You all saw Ten Commandments. <sighs> yeah, the, the, the Red Sea parts there. Uh, you know, very, very popular. Powerful guy. Amazing guy. But God was sending a very clear message before they come in. Now, we know there's a reason why Moses couldn't go in, which I'll talk to you about at, at the end. But God was also sending a very clear message. Israel, is your faith in a man or me very clear message this is all about our spiritual battle because God not man will help us take the land God not man will help us find salvation and sanctification and win spiritual victories is our faith fully on a man or is it fully on God today today you know, it really shouldn't matter who the pastor is, who the youth pastor is, who we're married to, who our Christian friend that moves away on us. It, it, uh, you connect the dots to all kinds of people in our life. It really shouldn't matter who's in our life if, we're f- if our faith is fully on God. It shouldn't matter, but I see it all the time. The pastor leaves, church falls apart. Pastor goes on vacation, people don't show up for the sermon. Show up on the Sabbath. Show up. <laughs> but but it, it, I see it all the time. Someone's married to this person or dating this person or friends with them and that person, and they, they, they just kind of fall away spiritually. It shouldn't matter if our faith is fully on God. Do people encourage us? Sure. Does God give us people in our lives to encourage us? Awesome. But if they're not there, it shouldn't affect our spiritual walk if our faith is fully on God. Have you ever put your faith fully in God? Have you ever put your faith in His Son, Jesus Christ? His death on that cross, His resurrection from the dead. Have you ever put your faith in Jesus? giving your life to Him. Ask Him to forgive your sin and, and put your faith in what He did on that cross. Have you ever taken that step? The second C is in Joshua 1, still verse 10. In verse 10, it says, here's the second C. See if you can figure it out. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go throughout the camp and tell the people, get your supplies ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. For your own. Um, The first command he gives the people is cross the Jordan. And you had to, you have to think what Joshua's probably thinking. God, we're off to a really bad start here. I just take over. I replace Moses. And my first command, it'll probably be my last one. Last one ends, a rotten egg. How about a bridge? How about a boat, right? I mean, think about this. Just, we already know the story. See, you know, yeah, he crosses the Jordan, and the walls fall down. We know, but at, this is going in. Imagine a general now, uh, the top general now the president's saying, we're going to go deal with North Korea once for all. Army, head on over there and take care of North Korea. And they get to the coast of California there, and they're getting ready to go to North Korea. And he says, keep on marching. What would people think about that, General? Crazy, right? Time to, re- time to replace them. It'd be crazy. Don't stop till you get to North Korea. Keep going. But that's exactly what Joshua, God commanded Joshua to do. And God picked the, the best time, I'm not going to go into all the verses here, but he picked the best time, it was the flood stage. The flood stage. It was a big flood. Jordan River's not that big a deal unless it's the flood stage, but then it's a big, big deal. Uh, it's just like the Delaware. We've done baptisms in the Delaware where you could walk across. I remember we had to walk almost to, you know, from from the island all the way over to the Hope just to find something deep enough. You could walk right across it. Can you walk across it this summer? No, you're not even supposed to be on it in a boat. You know, you're not even supposed to be out in any kind of anything because it's so it's so dangerous with the flooding going on there. And that's the part that, that we could miss. God picked the flood stage, picked that exact time, this crazy time. And not only that, he said it won't part until you step into it. God told them, it won't part till you step into it. Moses got to raise the rod. You all saw the Ten Commandments, you know, the parts. He got to raise the rod. No, not till you step into it. You can imagine what it must have felt like to Joshua. What if it, what if it doesn't part? I got, I'm going to have these people wet boots. And they're going to throw the boots at me, right? They're going to stone me. It took a step of faith. In fact, let's look at chapter 3, verse 15, where it says, Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during the harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark touched the Jordan, and their feet touched the water's edge... Verse 17, the priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan, while all the Israelites passed by until the whole nation had completed the passing on dry ground. And I, there I, verse 16 I didn't even go to because it's a whole other sermon. If you weren't here for this this passage, go back and listen. It's amazing where the water piled up at the town of Adam, right, 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 where the, right, where Adam, town of Adam, that's where our sins backed up when Jesus took us through, amazing, amazing, but that's a whole other story, but uh, that it took a step of faith, lots of faith, what if the river doesn't open, you don't think Joshua was wondering? First miracle, Moses always did the miracles, he just carried his sword, his staff, you know, he just kind of followed him around and, and helped him out, what if it doesn't open, going to look pretty stupid, going to stone him. But i going to go back to Egypt. You know what these people are like. What is your Jordan today? What step of faith is God calling you to take? What is he calling us to take? What step? Probably going to be scary. God often calls himself an eagle in the Bible. And I've used, told this story before, but it's such a powerful example. God calls himself an eagle in the Bible. And he'll, even verses how he carries... I'll carry you like the, the young on my wings. And I, I never quite really understood that. So I was, I was watching a special, I can't remember what, some animal special, and it was about eagles teaching their babies how to fly. And, and it finally made me sense because they said what a mother eagle does is when it wants to teach its baby how to fly, you know, the eagles are wet on these high cliffs and everything. It, it, it takes the little baby and it pushes the baby out of the nest. The baby flutters down, falls down, free falls, bungee jumping, all, you know, 90 feet down, about 90 feet, they let him fall. And then just at the last minute, they swoop under and catch him on their back, fly back up to the nest, and set him down. Catch your breath, junior. Let's do this again. Poof, out again. And they keep doing it until the little bird gets the idea that better use these things here, these wing things here, and, and start to, you know, do some work here and float, you know, float and flutter and, and fly, because it's going to be a long day, and they keep on doing it, until finally that little eagle, the parent knows when it's time, when it, when it knows it's ready, and it know and it finally learns how to fly, and then soar, that's what eagles really do, soar, right? And that, The thing is, they've never ever. Whenever they've studied, the mother eagle never misses. They've never seen a mother eagle miss the baby. God never misses, does he? We miss. We hang on to the nest. No, no, no! I'm not leaving. I don't want to go where you're taking me. I don't want to do this step of faith. We miss. But God never misses. He knows where He's sending us. He knows what it takes for us to soar. He knows. Third thing, Joshua 5. See if you can figure out the C on this one. Joshua 5, verse 1, where it says Now, when all the Amorite kings west of the Jordan and all the Canaanite kings along the coast heard how the Lord had dried up the Jordan before the Israelites until we had crossed over. Their hearts melted, and they no longer had the courage to face the Israelites. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, Make flint knives and circumcise the Israelites again. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the Israelites at Gibeah Haraloth. What C is this? Circumcision. Do you remember, men, do you remember when you were circumcised? Nope, you are a baby. If you were circumcised, you were a baby. You don't remember it, and it's a good thing you don't. Very, 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 very painful. Ouch! Now, they should have already been circumcised. How old were they supposed to be when they got circumcised? I think it's eight. Is it eight? I got it right? I'm hearing a lot of different numbers there. Help me, Joe. Eight days, thank you. You made me nervous. I heard, I heard everything between one and ten. All right, eight days. All right, so, because I'm going by memory here, too. So, they should have already been done at eight days. But the parents hadn't circumcised their children. A whole generation uncircumcised. Why? They were ungodly parents. They were negligent spiritually. They didn't do what they were supposed to do. That's why they're all dead out in the desert. That's why they didn't cross the Jordan. They all died before they could cross because they, God left them out there. It, this was to be a sign of their difference. Circumcision was what was to set them apart from all the Canaanites and, and, the, and, the, and the wicked idol worshippers. It was to set them apart. It was a sign of their holiness. To be different. Holiness. And it's an important lesson for us because holiness is really important to God. Really important. And look what he did. He made them flint knives, circumcision. I can't even think about it, right? You know, circumcision flint knives, that had to be bad, you know? And but but it had to really hurt. But but it's an important lesson. Holiness hurts. Holiness hurts. When we put our faith in Jesus and give our life to him. We think, wow, it's great, I'm going to heaven, and the Holy Spirit's inside, and it's awesome. It's awesome, isn't it? But then God starts to show us what needs to be cut out of our life. The salvation part's all fun. It's like, you know, riding down the water slide, you know what I mean? Woo, this is great. But the the sanctification part hurts as God cuts out the strongholds in our lives. It hurts. It's like a lot of you see my face today. You know, it, I've had a couple of rough weeks where I'm putting this stuff on and it keeps burning, and all of a sudden another spot shows up. I'm doing this, the chemo treatment on the skin, and, and another spot. And, it, and it, they call it erosion. It like it's eating into the, the dangerous areas on, on the skin, and it hurts. But if I don't do it, I got I still have this cancer. And if we don't do it, we still have a spiritual cancer that we have to deal with. It hurts. It hurts. Holiness hurts and we want to dodge God's discipline, don't we? We want to dodge it. But God makes it clear here. He says you're not moving forward until you're holy. This was crazy. They they crossed into enemy they crossed the Jordan into enemy territory. Think about this militarily, you guys who are in the military. Cross into enemy territory and then they completely leave themselves defenseless by, by circumcising them. The entire army was circumcised. Every male was circumcised. And they were completely helpless, completely at the mercy of their enemy. That's crazy. Can you imagine? Oh, uh, general, this crazy general again. Uh, we're going to go over to Iran and deal with Iran. You know, We're going to go invade Iran. We're going to deal with it. So he crosses the border into Iran. He says, okay, everybody stop. Take out your, your army knives and cut out your appendix. I don't want any appendix problems while we're in the. In the this way. Cut out your appendix right now. That's what it was like. That would be crazy. The Iranians would run out and kill, take 10 guys, could kill the entire army, right? I mean, this was crazy, but God was making a very clear, teaching a clear message. You're not going anywhere until you're holy. And it hurts. But we, we have to cut it out no matter how painful it is. What do we need to cut out of our lives no matter how painful it is? What is holding us back from, from achieving God's purpose and his plan for our life? What is holding us back? The, in 1904, the Olympics, there was a marathon. They had just started doing the marathon, a couple Olympics before that, 1896. It was the third one. And it wasn't a big deal yet, but they so there weren't all these fancy shoes and fancy runners and stopwatches and all that stuff. So 31 people showed up at St. Louis to run the marathon. And one of them was from Cuba, this little Cuban runner. His name was Felix Carvajal. And he showed up ready to run, but he showed up. In his, he was a, a postman in Cuba, and he showed up dressed ready to deliver the mail. Long sleeve shirt, long sleeve pants, clunky old, you know, boots that he was wearing. He's going to run the marathon. Well, just before the gunshot, one of the American, the American discus shower, thrower, his name was Martin Sheridan. He already won the gold. He felt sorry for this guy. He saw his pluck there. He runs over and he, he cuts off the shirt at the sleeve. He cuts off his pants at the knees so that he at least had short sleeves and short, you know, shorts on, but he couldn't fix the shoes. So this guy ran the marathon in those clunky old shoes. Crazy, huh? Runs it runs it really well. He didn't win, he didn't win a medal, but everybody speculated that if he had not had those clunky old boots on, he probably could have won the race. But what stopped him was those shoes. What are our heavy shoes today? What's keeping us from moving forward spiritually? From that really being sanctified. What's holding us back today? Circumcision. We have another C. One last C here. Joshua 6, 1-5. See if you can figure out the C on this one. Uh, Joshua 6, starting with verse 1. Now Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Jericho was the first city that they had to attack Right, It was the stronghold of Canaan. It had to be taken or you couldn't take the rest of the land. Verse 2, Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carrying trumpets of ram's horn in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have all the people give a loud shout, then the wall of the city will collapse and the people will go up, every man straight in. Collapse. The collapse. Imagine getting this order from God. This is the craziest one yet. I mean, think about it. It, 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 the people, Joshua had to be thinking, God, the people will think I'm crazy. The Jericho, people in Jericho are going to laugh at us. Have you seen Veggie Tales? The, the peas laughing at you? You know, that, that's, that is so true, you know. Laugh at us. Uh, can you imagine a, a, a modern battle? Once again, we've gotten into, uh, Iraq and or Iran, Iran. We finally got to Iran and we've got one of their major cities surrounded, and, and we, we start to you know and the general says, Now I want you to march around it. Just march around it, then come on back to the camp. Okay. Next day, march around it again, come on back to the camp. He'd be replaced instantly. Everybody like, what is going on? You know, desert sun got to his brain, Friday's brain, right? It'd be crazy. But that's what they did. It was crazy. But God was saying something to them is your faith in your strength? Or my strength? Teach a very important lesson. You think this is a basic lesson. Do you ever struggle with this? Every day, right? Is our our faith in our strength or in God's strength? And look what happens when we let God do it. When we depend on his strength. Go down to verse 15 where it says, On the seventh day, seven days later... They got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on that day, they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around when the priest sounded the trumpet blast and Joshua commanded the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you this city. What if they had stopped on lap 12? You ever quit early? God says, keep going, and you're like, I've had enough. What if they had stopped? They would have missed something. Verse 17. The city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall be spared. Because she hid the spies we sent. But keep away from the devoted things so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise you will make the camp of the Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. All the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron are to be sacred to the Lord and go into his treasury. Verse 20 when the trumpet sounded the people shouted and at the sound of the trumpet when the people gave a loud shout the wall collapsed so every man charged straight in and they took the city when we depend on God and his strength miraculous powerful things can happen have we learned to depend? Though this is the lesson I want to stress here. Is you can go back and listen. We did. We spent weeks on this awesome passage. But have we learned to depend on God's strength instead of our own? Have we learned to depend on God's strength instead of our own? That's what Second Corinthians twelve nine and ten is talking about. Uh, if you don't have this one memorized, memorize it today. Second uh, Corinthians. 12, 9, and 10, where it says, and I do have my eyes, but I'm still going to turn to it. Uh, It says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am Wrong. We have a choice. We can either try to do it, or we let God do it. Now, we still have to fight. He commands, we've got to fight when he tells us to go fight, but we wait for him to tell us. And we still have to fight, but we use his power. We depend on his strength when we fight our spiritual battles. we still got to give it our everything, but we're completely depending on him to do it. Galatians 2.20 says the same thing. It says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I live by faith, not by human effort, not by strength. We live by faith. Are we living by faith? I, and the best way I can explain this, and i told this story before, but it's just, I was trying to think, well, the best way to explain this is water scheme. I remember when I first went water skiing, the first time I ever went, we were on the Niagara River. And I don't know if you've ever been to Niagara Falls, but it's not where you would normally go water skiing on the Niagara River about 10 miles from the falls. It's choppy and it's rough and it's freezing cold all the time. And you know, you see, I see the Delaware all the time. I'm like, oh, I wish I could have learned to water ski on that water. That's smooth as glass. Niagara River, choppy, bumpy, horrible, right? But that's all we had. So I'm on the Niagara River. We're above the falls about 10 miles, and, and everybody's water skiing, and it's my turn to finally do it. And I forget that. He said, okay, now, just put the skis up, sit in the water. And I was a swimmer. I was... Tough guy, he was an athlete, farm boy, tough guy, skis, and, oh, this is going to be easy. These girls are doing it. I can do. It. You know, I like, yeah, I'm going to do this easy. So I get out there, and, and uh, they, they say, put the skis up, hold the rope between, and just hold on to the rope. Just hold on to the rope. The rope, the boat will pull you out. Just hold the rope. Everything's going to be good. Pfft, it's easy, right? Sure enough, gunned the, They said, okay, gunned it. I shot right up out of the water. It was easy, and I pulled back on it, and I fell flat on my back. Whack. Now the girls are laughing at me, right? So uh, uh, the girls at in the boat, right? So I'm like, uh-huh. they said, don't pull the rope. Let the boat pull you, don't pull the rope. But I was so used to being an athlete and a farm boy throwing hay bales and, and everything. I was used to doing it, right? So I was used to doing it, make, you know, using my muscle to, to make things happen. Okay, I got it, I got it. They looped around, did it again, up, easy up. This is so easy, pull out. I didn't know I was even doing it. I just pulled out a rope, whack, right? I could fall down again. This kept happening. I'll never forget, this, at least seven times. And I remember they were, they were kidding me they yelled at me. They were, okay, I could see the fog of the falls one more time. We're letting you go over. We're going to leave you in the water, you know. Because uh, we were probably we were only about five miles by this time. The water's flying. And so, so I'm like, okay, don't. One more time. Give me one more time. And I'm like, don't, don't do it. And I'll never forget, they pulled me up and I did this, I did this. I kept cutting almost pulling and I kept forcing myself to keep my arms out and I stayed up it was so much fun all I had to do was hold on to the rope the boat was doing all the work and it was a hard thing to learn because I was used to making it happen with my own muscles don't we do the same thing spiritually God says trust me put your faith in me just hang on to Jesus right go where he takes us depend on him Right? But, but we, we constantly have this flesh flex. Right? We constantly try to take things in our own hand or do it ourselves. And we have to keep remembering to, to let God do this, to live by faith. Have you been saved by faith? Have you been saved by faith? That's the first step. You see, this story of Joshua is all a picture of Jesus. Joshua is Hebrew. The Greek word for Joshua is Jesus. 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 It's the same exact word. Same exact word. And, and Joshua, now get this, Joshua replaced Moses. Jesus fulfilled Moses' law. The law that was given to the Jewish people, he fulfilled it. Faith replaced human effort because human effort never could save him. Re, faith replaced that. The law was never meant to save. A lot, of people, a lot of people followed the law. They got all mixed up by Jesus' time. Just like a lot of people even in Christianity think they're following religious rules. You might have grown up in a church like that. Got to follow these rules to get to heaven. It was never meant to save them, the law. It was just meant to show them their helplessness. The law is meant to show us our helplessness. That we can't live the way God wants us. We can't live righteous. We can't live perfectly in God's sight. We need help. It was to prepare us. For Joshua. It was to prepare us for Jesus. Joshua did what Moses couldn't do. He brought the people into the promised land. Moses could not cross that river, he couldn't go across. Jesus did what Moses' law could not do. He brought us to, he brought us to salvation, he brought us to spiritual victory, and someday he's going to bring us to heaven if we put our faith in Jesus. That's something the law can't do. Good works can't do it. Living good, can't. Living trying to live the right way can't do it. Only by faith in Joshua. Faith in Jesus is the only way to get to heaven. It's the only way. And it was all by faith. In the book of Joshua, we see it's all by faith. It was from the river to the wall, from earth to heaven. It's all by faith. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. Another one I hope you haven't memorized. For it is by grace you are saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is a gift from God, not by works so that no one can boast. It's, by, it's grace. It's a gift. It's not something you can earn or do anything for. You can only receive a gift. John 3.16 says the same thing. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Life. It's by faith. By faith, we say, God, I believe Jesus died for my sin. Every wrong thing I've ever done, it separates me from you. I believe He died for me on that cross. I believe He came back from the dead to prove He was the Son of God. And to prove that he can give me a brand new life. And I believe in him. The word believe means to put your faith in. It's not just an intellectual. It means it's a heart idea that you completely put your trust in Jesus. And give your life to him. It's by faith. Yesterday was, I'm going to close with this story. Yesterday was uh, Betty Lowen's memorial. And I remember in 2001... George Lowen, her husband, passed away, and I remember his memorial, and I actually told this story at his memorial service, and I'm going to tell it here, uh, it, it, it's a wild story, he was, a, he was on a bomber, during World War II he was on a bomber, he was the bombardier, responsible for getting the bombs out of the plane, he was a bombardier, and he survived incredible odds, miraculous things, just like everybody who fought in a a war does, and one time his plane crashed in the ocean, and on 10 10 people on the plane, 6 were killed, 4 survived, he was one of the four. They got into a raft, and they floated for four days where they, before they were rescued. You know what it was like. and It's like finding a needle in a haystack. It was a miracle they were found. But they, they made after four days. They were rescued. Twice he missed a flight. The first time he missed a flight, his crew was going out on a bombing raid, and his father had passed away. And so they flew him back to the United States to uh, visit his father. And uh, while he was back visiting, his crew was shot down, and everybody was killed on the plane. The second time he missed a flight, he was really sick. I can't remember exactly what he had. Something was wrong with him, and he couldn't go out with his crew again. He was so sick, very, very sick. And they went out, and they were shot down, and everybody was killed on the plane. Twice that happened. But the wildest story, the wildest miraculous story, is one time he was in the plane, and the bomb doors wouldn't open. And I wish Paul was here. He could tell us all the technical stuff. But the bomb doors wouldn't open, and his job was to get the bombs out of the plane. He's a bombardier. So, he he was given. He, he knew his job was. He took a hammer and he climbed into the the bomb. What was that called? The the bay. The bomb. The bay there. He he climbed into there. And, and this is World War II. He had to hammer away at the whatever the lever was to try to get it to release. So he sat there hammering away around, you know, on this lever, trying to get the bombs out. And it finally released unexpectedly. The bombs went flying out of the plane, and so did George. But he had a rope attached to him, because before they climbed into the bay, they had this this rope strap attached to him, so he goes flying out, and he comes up underneath the plane, and he's banging against the bottom of the plane, you know, you could just, you know, yo-yoing, you know, banging off the bottom, you know, and a lot of times they didn't survive this, (laughs) for obvious reasons, but somehow he stayed conscious, and he grabbed the rope, and he managed to somehow pull himself back into the plane. He survived. Unbelievable. So, 17 years ago, he's dying of ALS. Terrible disease. There's no hope for for surviving this. But he had hope. He had hope. I'll never forget it. He had hope. His hope was John 3.16. He had peace. It was sad. But he had peace. He had hope. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That was his hope. That was Betty's hope. That's why they're together today with Jesus. They had that hope together. And, and just as when he fell out of the plane he had that rope hang- to hang on to. When he finally died He had a rope. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Do you have that rope today? Have you put your faith in Jesus? Do you know that no matter what falls apart, When the bottom drops out, whether it's death or whether it's just life and all the things you have to face in life, when the bottom drops out, do you have Jesus? You can have that hope today. Today. Just as George dropped those bombs, we have to drop something too. It's called sin. And it's just as destructive as any bomb ever created. Every one of us needs to release, repent of our sin. Jettison those sins. Say, God, I repent. I don't want that sin anymore. Everything I've ever done wrong in my life, anything that goes against your word, anything that goes against your purpose for my life, I let it go. I repent of that. And I'm going to grab the rope called Jesus Christ. I put my faith in Jesus, your son. I put my faith in him. I cling to him. My hope is in him. I'm going to climb... Claw my way back into that plane, hanging onto the rope Jesus. I'm going to give my life to you, control of my life. You get in a plane, you go where that plane goes. I'm getting on that plane, God. your plane. I surrender my life to you. I give my life to you. If you've prayed that prayer of faith today, something amazing, supernatural, powerful, awesome has happened to you. Your life will never be the same. You're in for quite a ride. It's more less like a plane ride and more like a rocket ride. But you will always have that rope. You'll be connected to God through his son, Jesus Christ. If you've given your life to Jesus, I want to encourage you to let somebody know. Maybe you're here with a family member or a friend. Let somebody know. Tell me on the way out. Fill out the card. Text me, call me, email me. Let somebody know so that we can be excited for you and encourage you in your new life in Christ. For those of us who already put our faith in Christ, how is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? What crazy command really hit us today through the Holy Spirit's conviction? Maybe it's dependence. Maybe it's holiness. Maybe it's faith. A step of faith that God is calling us to take or living by that faith. Father, we pray that because of this morning, our lives will never be the same. I pray that your Holy Spirit would complete the work you're starting in our hearts through these Bible passages, through your word, through the power of your spirit. I pray that if someone is facing a tough step of faith, you would, in your mercy and grace, Let your grace overflow and help us with these scary steps that you've called us to take. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.